Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Devay. I'm with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today we're going to be recapping match day six of the Champions League and the Europa League. We're going to be talking about the possible draws that are going to occur for the round of 16 of the Champions League and then the 32 in the Europa League. And then we're going to get into the upcoming fixtures and bets for the weekend. We hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, Lucas, so we're through match day six of both the Champions League and the Europa League. I know we're going to start with the Champions League first. So what are your main takeaways from match day six, just the overall group stages, everything that went through your head on this last day? Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing really surprised us. Um, yeah, everything that we talked about last week, it just happened as, as we called out. Uh, we saw, I mean, we'll get through each of the group stage, but or each of the matches in the group stage, but nothing really too out of the ordinary, except for the fact that Napoli did get their first loss in the Champions League. Given it was at Anfield to Liverpool, it was 2-0, and it was a tie game up until the 80th minute. They still get their, get their first loss. However, dude, uh, nothing really to me like was shocking. You have City, Real Madrid, Bayern winning convincingly. And City was even, they started their uh, 17-year-olds on that pitch, and they still won. So those three teams, we said they would be the most dominant. They continue to do so. Uh, Other than that, I mean, nothing really surprised me with the Champions League match day six. Everything pretty much came out as we predicted, except for potentially... Group D, which, again, that one was a toss-up across everything. And even up until the last second, it was down to the wire. So, yeah, man, I what would you think? No, I agree with you. I think for me, Atletico Madrid just falling out of Europe entirely for the season. We talked about it briefly that it was possible for them, but for it to actually happen, you know, it serves kind of as an advantage for them in their domestic league. Uh, considering the fact that they have one less competition to worry about in a year where there's going to be a, a lot of games within a short p- month period. So they uh, they saved their legs in a way, which helps them in the domestic competition, but uh, really shocked that they actually ended up fourth. And then, you know, Group D with all the different possible combinations of who was qualifying at one point up until the end, even with Tottenham's uh, scoring with Hoytberg's goal, right? Because at that point, Eintracht were going to top the group with negative goal differential until that goal occurred, right? And Marseille were going to actually make the Europa League at that point as well. Yeah. That goal causes Marseille to just drop out of Europe entirely, sporting to go through. And the thing that's crazy about this even more, Lucas, is both sporting and Marseille were up at halftime. And Eintracht and Tottenham both come back to win both games, respectively. I mean, unbelievable for Eintracht as well. You know, I think we have four German teams all through into the round of 16 as well. Dortmund, Leipzig, uh, Frankfurt, and then Bayern, right? With Leverkusen, the only one that misses out. So, incredible uh, situation for, you know, the German clubs. I mean, both the German clubs and the English clubs. You have four English clubs that also advanced to the round of 16 with uh, City, Liverpool, Tottenham, and Chelsea. Chelsea topping the group, uh, City topping the group, Tottenham topping the group, and Liverpool, the only team that didn't top their group. 
Um, but man, like it is, it's kind of crazy to see that there's two leagues that essentially account for half of the round of 16. Very impressive from those two leagues. And I honestly was very shocked by the Bundesliga in the group stage because even last season, Dortmund finished third. They fell out, went to the Europa League, and they didn't really perform well in the Europa League. And that was with Erling Holland on their team. So now, with a weakened side, I would say, they actually performed better getting into that uh, Champions League round of 16 spot. Yeah, I agree. And I think the crazy thing that happens here, and we're, we're going to get into the probabilities right now of the round of 16 draw, um, which I believe is to occur next week. What ends up happening here, right, when you have all these domestic teams that go through, they can't play each other in the round of 16. So yeah. that limits the amount of opponents that you're going to face. They also can't play the team that also qualified with them from the same group, right? So you have situations like with Liverpool where they really can only face Porto, Bayern, Real Madrid, and Benfica, with Bayern being the most likely opponent at like 37%. And I'm uh, I'm taking this from a uh, probabilities calculator that was run through by Reddit by this person named Emmy Ninga. And then... Uh, and basically, you know, there's all these scenarios, you're going to likely have Bayern either playing Liverpool, AC Milan, Paris Saint-Germain, or Club Bruges. You know, Club Bruges has the highest variance, though, because the only team they can't play is FC Porto, whom they qualified through with their, their group, right? And the same thing with Porto. So a lot of advantages there for teams that have a higher probability rate. I think for, you know... The most interesting thing for me is Bayern's situation and the fact that we could see Real Madrid against uh, against Liverpool, Bayern against Liverpool. You know, these teams match up and it's going to be kind of crazy for them to see what ends up happening here. Napoli is either only going to play Bruges, Frankfurt, Leipzig, Dortmund or Paris Saint-Germain. So that means that they have a very favorable matchup. Uh, going through and possibly making it to the quarterfinals just based on the probabilities here, right? And then yeah. uh, just going through it, Tottenham also has high variance chance, right? So they can play Bruges, Inter, Milan, uh, Leipzig, Dortmund, AC Milan, and Paris Saint-Germain. And then Chelsea's variance also basically around the same. Real Madrid around the same. You know, a lot of these probabilities will dictate who has a favorable matchup. So, for example, if I was to bet right now who I would want to go through, I may not necessarily want to bet on Liverpool just because of the odds that they would get. Yeah. And, or Real Madrid is, is basically 60%, you know? And I don't favor them in either matchup, to be quite honest with you, based on their form. And so if I'm looking at these probabilities, that's something that would deter me from wanting to bet them. But if I was to bet, you know, to make it to the quarterfinal right now or to make it to the semifinal, I might favor a longer shot bet like Napoli, where their yes. rank is high, right? And they can play Bruges or Frankfurt or Leipzig or Dortmund and only have really a less than 20% chance of drawing PSG. But they'll still end up likely being the favorite in in most of these matchups, if not all of them. And then, you know, if I'm playing a high-variance team, it's going to be harder for me to want to bet on them because I just don't know what they're going to get. Like PSG, I mean, the Uh, odds... Yeah, I wanted to bring up PSG for a moment because we didn't really touch on that. 
Dude, the fact that PSG finished second in this group is mind-boggling. They were in first the entire time, even up until the 90th minute of that last match day, and they still end up in second place just because Benfica ended up winning 6-1 against Maccabee. When Maccabee was actually winning or uh, drawing at one point, 1-1. It's just crazy that PSG, with the team that they have, and the players, and how they've performed, they've been performing well, too. So, like, the fact that they're finished in second, and it went to, I want to say, the seventh tiebreak. It did. Benfica actually finished top of the group because they had more away goals than PSG did. Yeah. Which is just unbelievable. And, and I, w- I want to talk about that a lot, too, because Benfica, right, they have a 20% chance of drawing Liverpool, but they that means they have an 80% chance of not drawing them, which means that they would likely play, you know, Bruges, Inter Milan, Frankfurt, AC Milan, Leipzig, or Dortmund, right, because they can't play PSG because they came out of the same group. So yeah. for Benfica, right, if, if I'm Benfica, then that means the matchup is super favorable for me. I think the, the team that's going to, easily walk through into the quarterfinals right now is Man City because Man City can only play Bruges, Inter Milan, Frankfurt, AC Milan, Leipzig, or PSG. And their chances of drawing PSG is 14%. So if I'm just looking at the probabilities basically calculated here, Man Mm -hmm. City is also a good favorite. And honestly, if they play PSG, I'd probably lean towards Man City slightly, just slightly, uh, just because of the you know, the star power that Holland and De Bruyne have and the chemistry that they have already. So uh, if I was to bet right now who would win the Champions League, I would put it on Man City. Okay. I put it on 100%. Real Madrid. Really? Mm-hmm. I put it on Real Madrid. Real Madrid yeah, but they have they have a chance of getting they have a forty percent chance of getting PSG or Liverpool. It's it's thirty percent. You're right. Thirty, yes, thirty. You're right, but at the same time, I think that they could beat either of these teams because they beat them both last year. So I don't think uh, I view them necessarily as a bad draw, right? Real Madrid, in my opinion, Real Madrid, Man City, and Bayern are the three three teams, right? Yeah. And, I, yeah, and, I, yeah. and at a lower tier, right, if we're talking about betting, we're talking about odds, we're talking about chances to go far in the tournament, uh, Napoli is a team that I would look at as an underdog bet. You know, uh, can't underestimate Chelsea, and then PSG would be in that same class just based on what I've seen in the group stages. So that would be kind of like how I would do it tier wise, Lucas. I, I would agree with that. Um, what I would want to really see though is, I mean, you got to feel bad for PSG after all these years paying so much money and just not winning the uh, Champions League with Messi. I think they definitely have a chance this year. Messi has become a different player. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no. Those top three, easily agree with. Those are going to be the favorites. And, I mean, I would hate to see Man City win the Champions League, but I think they're probably the best uh, option at the moment. Because, like you said, Holland, De Bruyne, their chemistry is unbelievable. Holland is able to st- stay healthy and recover during the World Cup while every other team is going to have to, or every other player is going to have to go to the World Cup. So um, him being healthy is going to be important for Man City the rest of the season. Before before we go into Europa League, 
Uh, true or false? Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder on the planet. Sure, easily. 100%. I totally agree. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, who else would compare to Kevin De Bruyne at the moment? I nope. thought you were actually going to go and say Kevin De Bruyne is the best in the last 20 years, best midfielder in the last 20 years. Oh, that I have to think now, about that. Now that is something that I can uh, be in the top five. Hundred percent in the top ten. Don't even need to think about it. I have to yes. just okay. sit down. I have to sit down and make the list. We could do this next week. We sit down and make yeah. a list. Yeah, all right, like, we'll do it. Um, all right, getting into the Europa League, we're not. I'm not going to go group by group. I'll just mention the winners and then the runners up, and then I'm going to talk yeah. about the chances of who they're going to match up with based on the third place teams in the uh, in the Europa League, and then and then we'll talk through it, Lucas. So the oh, winners. Yes. The winners that are advancing to the round of 16 and not the round of 32 uh, are Arsenal, Fenerbahce, Real Betis, uh, Union St. Geloy, Real Sociedad Feyenoord, SC Freiburg, and French Varos. Frank Varos, sorry. Uh, so these teams, all this means is they, they don't have to play in the next round for the teams that, that fell down from the Champions League and that they automatically will move to the round of 16 where they will play in March. The runners-ups will then play in February, and they will be playing the teams that finish in third in the Champions League. So these are the following teams. PSV Eindhoven, Rennes, Roma, Union Berlin, Manchester United, uh, Midtjylland, Nantes, and Monaco. So these are the teams that are going to be in the round of 32. The teams that they will be playing, I, I, I know the round of 32 is the incorrect meaning. It's the knockout playoff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But these are the teams that they will possibly play. Well, they, they will be playing Ajax, Leverkusen, FC Barcelona, Sporting, Salzburg, Shakhtar, oh. and Juventus. So the way this works is the only thing that you cannot do is you cannot play a team from the same country, right? So all that means is Ajax and Eindhoven cannot play. Union Berlin and Leverkusen cannot play. And AS Roma and Juventus cannot play, which opens the table for all these possibilities of Manchester United playing either Ajax, Leverkusen, Barcelona, Lisbon, Salzburg, Shakhtar, Sevilla, or Juventus. So, Lucas, just going by the odds, there's a 40% chance that you draw uh, either Ajax, Barcelona, uh, or Juventus, and there's even a 45% chance. I mean, I should say really like a, a basically a 50% chance that you draw one of these teams. I wouldn't be too concerned about Juventus or Ajax. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's really the Barcelona matchup that I low-key really want. So um, really hoping for that for you, bud. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. I really appreciate that. No, uh, the matchup that I actually really want is Ajax. Because we took pretty much everything from Ajax this summer. Lissandra Martinez, Anthony, Eric Ten Hag. And for them to go back, go to Ajax, and just eliminate them from Europa League would be so cruel for Ajax fans. It would actually make me laugh, but I would also feel so bad for them. Um, but realistically, I don't want Barca. I don't want Juve. Even though Juve is a bit suspect at the moment, I also don't want Ajax. Uh, for any other team, again, I absolutely hate the fact that we finished second place because of match day one, where it was a faulty handball penalty that Real Sociedad got that Correct. caused them to win 1-0 in that first match day. 
and then they won. They finished in first because of goal differential. Absolutely ridiculous. Again, it is what it is at the moment. You can't really do anything about it. But I hate it. I know, just brutal. Honestly, really brutal. It really is. Uh, I think that yeah, I I don't I wouldn't even be upset at that point uh, if I was a Manchester United fan of finishing second because you guys thoroughly dominated that game even though you lost. I think uh, I think the thing that I wanted to talk about because there's such a high variance here, right? Is obviously just going off of the top of my head. I believe Barcelona are, are the favorites now in this competition. Does that necessarily mean that you should bet them though, Lucas? Do you think that? They should be the ones that people should be wagering on. To no, 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 not at all, my dude. You actually think Barcelona are the favorites right now? Well, they're they're mathematically the favorites. So I'll read you the odds. Right, Barcelona right. is plus four hundred. Arsenal's plus four ten. Man United is plus five fifty. Juventus plus a thousand, which I think is outrageous to even consider Juventus in this competition. Uh, Ajax is plus fourteen hundred. Real Sociedad plus sixteen hundred. Betis is also the same. Sevilla actually less of a favorite at plus eighteen hundred. Honestly, I think that's where the money's at. So um, no, I think the money is at Arsenal because they have been just another team in another level this season. I like, agree. They they truly have just even they, when they play their backups or their quote unquote B team. They are dominating the game. Like, besides that little stint where they drew against Southampton, lost to PSV, they have just been dominating every single matchup, which is really just... This is not what we expected from Arsenal prior to the season starting. We definitely didn't see them being top of the league at the moment. We did see them finishing first in the uh, Europa League group. However, we did not see them being this dominant at the moment. I think that's where the money is because they go straight into the round of 16. You see Barcelona who has to go into the 32 quote unquote and face one of these second place teams where there, there is PSV, there is Man United, there is Roma that they can get drawn against and Arsenal easily go into the quarterfinals at the moment and sorry, round of 16 and they can get an easy matchup too. But Actually, let me take that back. There's no easy matchup this year when it comes to the Europa League. I think every single team is very, very solid, um, except for probably a handful, because you have a lot of really quality sides in the Europa League this year. I mean, more so in the 32s, where it's going to be the Champions League third place versus the second place of the Europa League. Like, I think that group of 16 teams can potentially beat the group of uh, eight that are in the current uh, round of 16, which is just insane. Um, But going back to the point, I I just drifted off over there on a tangent. I think Arsenal really is the team to beat. If I was to bet the Europa League right now, which I think right now is too early to bet on because we don't know uh, the matchups, we don't know the uh, road to the championship yet. I think Arsenal would be the team that you would want to bet on. I think that's totally fair if you're thinking about winning uh, overall. I think that if they play Barcelona, they win. Uh, 
I really find it very hard to see who they don't beat if they make it to the final just based on their, their quality. Yeah, right. Term, right. If, the, if, if injuries aside, if this team is the one that plays later on, then I, I it would be hard for me to pick against them no matter who that they play. I think that if you're talking just odds into consideration, I would bet Sevilla just because of the plus 1,800 and because of their history winning the competition. There are no Serbian or Czech sides uh, that are in the competition right now, which means that they're, basically their kryptonite is not there. So usually when they don't play any of those teams, they end up winning historically. And uh, I just think the value is really good there for Sevilla. So, and they have a new manager, right? So the new manager bump will take an effect for them, and then we'll see what happens. But I would not rule out Sevilla winning this competition just because it's them and they have a history here. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, other than that, I think Europa League, last week, this is this year's Champions League. Like, so many quality teams where anybody can beat anybody. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be very stressful to watch as an Arsenal or a United fan. But it's going to be very, very entertaining. And if Barcelona can pick it up where, I mean, we, they have the quality. They just, I personally don't know if Xavi is the manager at the moment. He did so well. But this year, for some reason, he's just not the same. What do you think? No, I totally agree. I I just feel like they need to give him time. Uh, you can't just transition out of him being the manager when they just appointed him a year ago. They need to give him time. They need to let him learn on the job because he's not Agreed. as experienced that they would think. And this is something that we said, right? We I feel like we're maybe overrating how they performed the second half of the season when he first came because of just the new freshness uh, of his appointment compared to Ronald Koeman, right? And I think yeah. when we had said that he was originally appointed, we said to give him time. As long as he qualifies for the Champions League the following year, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't necessarily fire him. And and right now they're in second place, and their only loss is to Real Madrid. So I just feel like, yeah, he has hit some bumps in the road, but you gotta let him work through it, you know. And I I just think if you're if you're a Barcelona fan, you just have to do the same thing an Arsenal fan did when Arteta was appointed and just accept yeah. it's not going to get done over time. You know, the amount of players that they signed as well, uh, it's going to take some time for them all to gel and for Xavi to gain the experience that he needs and for them to get the experience that they need together to continue to develop. Yeah, no, I mean, that that is a really good point, bringing up Arteta. You, you also have to think about They've had a lot of players that have been injured. They've had a lot of their star signings that from the summer have gotten hurt. So, right. I mean, once they get healthy, if they get healthy, uh, you they can always bounce back and be the top side that, that we know. But, I mean, uh, Nick, do you have any additional topics on the Europa League? Because I do want to segue from Barcelona into something related to Barcelona, if you don't mind. No, let's go to it. PK is officially retiring and dude that's a bombshell that literally came out of nowhere so he's retiring from professional football altogether all very sudden like his last barcelona game is saturday 
we're recording this podcast on Friday. His last Barcelona game is tomorrow, um, which really just comes as a shocker to me. He hasn't been playing this year, or he's been playing infrequently. He hasn't been performing well. He He's at the tail end of his career, which is completely normal. But, uh, Nick, like, what are your thoughts on this? PK is retiring. Like, we're starting to see a generation of players that we grew up watching just slowly start to retire. And it's not like PK was playing in the early 2000s, like Capuyo was. PK started when we first really got into watching football. And seeing him retire is just shocking. Like, it comes out of nowhere. He hasn't done much. But, like, I feel like there's no hype around it, you know? I feel like, yes, the media has been, like, mentioning it here and there. But it's just like, uh, okay, see you later kind of thing, where I think he deserves a send-off. Uh, yeah, he should deserve a send-off based on what he's done with the club. I think he will get one eventually. I think it's weird to do something in the middle of the season. Uh, I'm not sure what led to him making this decision now. I guess it was just because he wasn't playing and he just felt like his time was up. And, you know, sometimes if you, if you stay for too long, you just feel like it's time to just, just move on. Uh, I think as far as, you know, his history, I mean, he's obviously a huge symbol of that club and will go down as one of the, you know, the best to ever do it for them. And I know that because, uh, you know, I can't stand him at all. And <laughs> I think that, I think that he, uh, his goal is to one day become the president of Barcelona. That's what he st- stated that he's wanted. That's what he wants yeah. to do afterwards. So I wouldn't be surprised if he takes some time and then transitions to the uh, the board side of the club and eventually succeeds uh, Laporta in being the, the president following his term ending or, you know, if not being the one thereafter. I uh, just want to make a side thing to talk about his contract, right? He's owed approximately 80 million euros in deferred wages. He will only col- – oh, well, in just wages overall. He'll only collect the deferred part, which is 30 million. And then he saves Barcelona 50 million by retiring early. Uh, Barcelona wow. Is also- yeah, Barcelona is also targeting Inigo Martinez to replace him in January. Uh, there's talks about Martinez maybe coming as a free agent after this season. So that's where Barcelona's kind of mindset is for replacing him. I do feel like they need to definitely do something to kind of show that, you know, they appreciate his time there because he's been there for a long time. It's been 14 years before uh, he came over for Manchester United. And even then he was at Barcelona before then too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I like that little clip in the video that he said he wants to go and become a president uh, for Barcelona or in the board, whatever it may be. But he's like, you're not going to see me for it's not going to be a while until I do that or try to run for president. So, um, yeah, it is actually crazy. I did not know about the wages part. So that helps Mm -hmm. out. That's another lever that uh, Barcelona just pulled. With him retiring, I think he had to have had a conversation with Xavi. Be like, hey, man, like, we're strapped financially. You retiring would be the best thing right now. And uh, he loves Barcelona, so I don't see why he would say no to that. He still gets his deferred wages. He still gets paid. Um, And I think just the craziest part about this whole thing is that 2008 
Champions League final Barcelona team, there's only one player left on that team uh, that's playing for Barcelona, and that's Sergio Busquets, which is just insane. Like, it, we, I remember watching that game live, and now literally oh, 10 of the 11 starting line, lineup is either retired or not, no longer with Barcelona. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's uh, incredible. I mean, Busquets is super underrated, honestly, in my opinion, based on what he does. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think he's getting old, but he still performs well. Uh, I just want to talk about one other thing before we get into our bets. You know, Let's do it. Um, so because Manchester United failed to win the Europa League group, uh, there's been an issue with the Premier League because there's no natural space in the calendar to rearrange their games against. Crystal Palace and Leeds United, just based on the Europa League schedule. Every single weekend and midweek is already accounted for, which essentially, I believe, means that they would postpone these games to near the end of the season, uh, barring, you know, Manchester United just gets knocked out early of a domestic cup and and Crystal Palace or Leeds also does so. So just I think that just kind of speaks to how tight the schedule is going to be for a lot of these teams because of the World Cup being... Uh, essentially, you know, two weeks from today. Is it two weeks from today? It is. It's it is. it's almost two weeks from today. Yeah, yeah, two weeks and a couple of days. But um, I mean, that just goes to show. We keep talking about this with the World Cup and how the timing is just not good whatsoever, dude. Like, I absolutely hate it, and it just makes it worse for the team, the club teams, because now United, you have no idea what you're going to do. Um, it's going to be something that they have to figure out. They're probably going to delay the uh, Premier League fixtures, like you said, to the end of the season. And that's going to be another run of fixtures that they just have to deal with. Similar to, I mean, United and Arsenal, both in the last, I want to say, 17 days, they've had four to five games in those 17 days. They've had a game every three days, which, yes, I mean, the Queen's passing, the World Cup, it hasn't helped, but it's just, it was not smart from uh, the Premier League to do it the way that they've done it, especially knowing how congested the fixtures already are. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, they're never going to have another Winter World Cup ever again. Yeah, this is going to be a nice test run. Never going to happen, ever. Uh, before we go into our bets, Lucas, I just want a little La Liga fun fact. I just want to throw one in here. According to Opta Analyst... Uh, they released a chart that says top chan- uh, top 10 chance creators in La Liga for this season, right? So of these 10, how many of them are Barcelona and Real Madrid players? Just guess. I would guess all 10, but it's probably going to be like eight. Very close. It's actually seven, so I'll read it to you. So wow. Pedri-, Pedri is top of the list. Uh, in terms of chances created and and uh, the minutes played ratio, he's created 39 chances in 850 minutes. Vinicius Jr., my boy, uh, has created 300 or uh, 34 chances in 1,051 minutes. Followed by Dembele, Modric, Danny Parejo from Villarreal, right. Aspas from Celta Vigo, who should get called up to Spain but won't because you, Luis Enrique is biased. Gavi, Nico Williams from Bilbao, then it's Fede Valverde, also my boy, and Rodrigo, also my boy. Uh, 
I mean, just crazy to me that Pedri continues to do amazing things no matter how many games he plays. He's going to add another 70 games to his list this season too, which is just crazy for a kid at his age, honestly. Pedri is unbelievable, but the name that we need to talk about on that list is Valverde. 100%. He is so underrated, dude, Like, because he is surrounded by all-stars. Like, he has Benzema, he has Vinny, he has Modric, he has Cruz. Uh, now he has Kamavinga. Uh, like, he has so many big names now around him. But without him, this Real Madrid team is going to be as strong as they can be. He is the missing piece that back in 2018-2019, Modric was that missing piece. Valverde is going to be a Real Madrid legend for the next 10 years. 100%. He is, he's already, this season, just by itself, one of the five best midfielders in the world. Just by yes. itself. Because he, he does everything. He does not stop running. He can play right wing, which he has played a lot. He can play in the center of the midfield. I mean, his passes, you know, you think about him, you probably think of him being just a hardworking midfielder, but he makes some unbelievable passes, always has great shots outside of the box. You know, I can go on and talk about everything this guy does. I mean, he doesn't do anything that I would say poorly. I think he's incredibly well-rounded, and he is going to be kind of the engine in Real Madrid's midfield for the next 10 to 15 years, like you said. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. And then you have Vinny on the left, uh, Rodrigo on the right. And then if you just take Valverde back from the, like you said, he's playing right wing at the moment, but that's not his preferred position. His preferred position is the Modric role. If you move Valverde into that Modric role and you have Vinny and you have Rodrigo, and then you have, oh my God, I just don't want to think about it. It's going to be, they're set for the next 10 years. And I'm also seeing rumors that potentially Jude Bellingham wants to go to Real Madrid. And if Mbappe leaves and he goes to Real Madrid, it's just going to be a super team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> He'll, I mean, I don't know if we'd want Mbappe anymore, but Bellingham, I would love for him to be there. He would already make an, a midfield even more stacked than it is, especially if there's rumors of Cruz and Modric's uh, retiring after this season. I think that, I mean, it would be incredible to have him. I can, I can talk about this forever. Um, but Real Madrid is, is right now the best-run club in the world in terms of their oh, signings. Yeah, the assets that they require, the sales they make, just really well run from top to bottom. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm amazed to, to have seen them when I saw them last season. You went to the absolute perfect game to watch, um, and it's just going to get better and better. And, I mean, think about the Champions League final. Everybody was talking about that Vinny goal, but one of the most underrated discussions and one of the most underrated parts about that goal was that Vinicius, uh, that Valverde, like, shot cross. Like, yeah. that technique is so difficult to handle. And the way that he perfected that was unbelievable. Like, it was the perfect spot for Vinny to go in and just slot that hole. Because it could have deflected either way. As a striker attacker, what you need to do is just 
get that ball in a dangerous spot, low and hard, and if it gets deflected in or your teammate comes in and slots it home, that's what you got to do. And he did it perfectly. Like, uh, I hate talking about Real Madrid. You guys, what's crazy is 365 days ago, we had a different take on Real Madrid. We did not think this Real Madrid side was as good as they are. And they just continue to prove us wrong. Well, I always thought they were good. Well, yeah, you you always thought they were good. But, like, I mean, the rest of the world did not know the potential that they had because this was when Vinny wasn't Vinny. This was when Valverde was, like, he's still a rotational player. Modric was getting older. Benzema was getting older. Nobody thought that they can still maintain that uh, level that they have maintained to that Champions League and the La Liga. And, yeah, man, it's like... It, they really proved non-Real Madrid fans <laughs> wrong. I think this is a perfect segue to our bets of the weekend. So, speaking of which, you know, uh, I am going to talk a lot of Liga, actually. And going into the bets, Real Madrid is playing Rio Vallecano. Uh, in this game, you know, they typically it's a low-scoring game, right? I'm going to bet... The under for Romaja with Rio Vallecano at plus 108. So is it under three and a half or is it under two and a half? Under two and a half. Oh, okay. Interesting. Super right. tight, right? Super tight. It's but... very tight. If it was three and a half, I would really like that. Um, two and a half, it does make it more interesting. But like, given the stats that you called out there, like, yeah, it definitely makes sense. I'll, I'll read it to you right now. Um, let me f- look for it. So in their last meetings, right, it's it's literally four of their last five has ended one nothing, and or actually three out of the last four has ended one nothing, and then Real Madrid beat Rio two one. So even then, the super low game. So yeah. I I just two and a half there. What are the odds for that game to end zero zero? Wow, great question. Plus twelve hundred. Okay. Interesting. I might, I might lean towards betting the plus seven hundred actually correct score for Real Madrid as well. One nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep, makes I, sense. I, you know, I could put you could put also several scores across the board, right? The one nothing for Rio, the twelve, uh, the zero zero at plus twelve hundred, the plus seven hundred at Real Madrid, and then the two one at plus sixteen hundred. As long as one of those hits, you get positive EV. Yeah. Especially for. Uh, it's kind of worth it to just guess the correct score at that point, especially if it's historically a low-scoring fixture. Yeah, no, no, that's a fair fair shout. Uh, my first bet, I'm going into the Premier League, and it's your boys. It's Arsenal plus 180 money line in the London Derby against Chelsea. Uh, I mean, Arsenal, I mean, I'm joking around with my buddy Alex, uh, who's a huge Arsenal fan, and I just call them the absolutes. Because you just absolutely know that they're going to win every single game. Like, they're just going to be consistently winning. Consistently winning. Consistently winning. And you have that all or nothing uh, documentary that they had uh, over the summer. You can see that Arteta has a specific uh, method of making sure he gets the best out of his players. And I think against Chelsea, plus 180 money line is going to be really good odds. It's going to be a very fun game to watch, in my opinion. 
Uh, and But I think Arsenal will pull it off. Yeah, I agree with you. I have Liverpool over Tottenham at plus 115. I like Liverpool here because they picked up their form recently, even though they lost uh, back-to-back games. They ended up winning over the weekend. Tottenham is also without Richarlison, uh, Kulusevski, and uh, Youngman. So it's really just Harry Kane up front. They're, they're short of attacking options. I just really like Liverpool to pick up a result also because they desperately need it. So I got Liverpool money line here. That's an absolutely incredible bet. Like, I love that one. Um, my other one also staying in the Premier League. I mean, these boys just continue to win, continue to perform well, and just dominate. Uh, Newcastle minus 110 money line versus Southampton. Southampton have not been the strongest team this season. They've been easy to walk over. But Newcastle, they're just running over teams. And even against teams that are uh, difficult to face, like United, where they drew, they are beating the teams that they need to beat. Lower 10, bottom half table teams, they are beating them convincingly. And I think the odds here, pretty much even odds, I think they'll continue to do so over the weekend against Southampton. Yeah, I think that's really good, too. I mean, honestly, I have another bet that I really like here just because of the odds on this. Miguel Almiron is going to be the EPL Player of the Month for October, and he's had a crazy form for scoring an assistant. He Anytime goal scorer or assist is plus 220 for Miguel Almiron, so I really like that bet as well. Oh, or assist. Yeah, so it, it literally goes, uh, the bet is, let me double-check it, um, to score or assist, plus 220. I like that a lot, dude. Yeah. Yo, I like your bets a lot. Oh, my God. Those are great. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lucas. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally going to download FanDuel right now because I've been on a cold street. I deleted the app uh, because it was, like, just so bad. But that plus 220 and... That Liverpool money line that you placed, dude, I love them. Oh, my God. All right, Nick, I'm all in with you. (laughs) All right, awesome. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to add before we close out the pot, Lucas? Uh, Yeah, let's let's just quickly touch on Messi. We don't know too much going on right now, but there have been rumblings right now that Messi, he's on the last year of his contract with PSG. There have been teams that have already reported – uh, to be interested in him or have reached out to him and said that they want to sign him. One of the teams is the MLS, which is Inter-Miami, David Beckham's team. PSG wants to re-sign him. Barcelona wants him back at Barcelona. Um, just one thing to monitor, nothing is concrete as of now, and Messi has said he's not going to make any decision until after the World Cup. But to see Messi in the MLS would kind of be wild, and I can only see Messi going to Inter-Miami reason for that is because he has his own burger in uh, Fort Lauderdale's Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino, which is actually crazy. Uh, it's called the Messi Burger, and he just has so many like so much stake in Miami that I can see him playing there. Uh, I just think, my opinion, too early for him to go to the MLS. He can go the following year, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he extends with PSG for at least another year and then goes to the MLS right after that because of his ties there and because of the fact that, honestly, 
Messi does not speak a single word of English, and everyone down there in Florida speaks Spanish fluently, especially in Miami. So I think it's uh, I think it would be perfect for him. And I, yeah. uh, I, 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 we're on the same page. We're aligned here. Yeah, perfect, perfect, good. Now I think that's it for the week. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Nick, do you have anything else? No, just uh, follow us on social media. You know, off the post underscore football on Instagram, and then off the post football on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Enjoy them, Tuckers.